What is going on? Charles Botenston here. So uh, you probably can't see anything outside. That's that's the view and that's the new construction that's going on. So uh, I'm here in Omaha right now. So I flew out. I, I spent $500 for the ticket and let me know if that thing is too loud. But I spent $500 on the ticket to the event and I spent five fifty. dollars for the plane ride, another $50 transportation, probably another, it came out total to about 1200 and then obviously the hotel stay and all that other jazz. I probably spent um, about $1,200 to come out here. And it's one of those things that, you know, it, it started off slow, the microphones weren't really working. Um, it also was a little bit weird how they transitioned between speakers, there was no music. It was a very monotonous way that they were doing things. And a lot of people, you know, they started complaining, oh, it was too cold, there wasn't enough water, where was the food? You know, they started complaining about all these things. And what I was saying the whole time was, listen, and he actually mentioned it at the end, there was a guy that was doing 500 deals 500 deals in real estate means that you're gonna be doing uh, a ton of business, to say the least. Uh, you're, you're definitely probably one and a half, you're pulling in probably about one and a half million dollars. And one of the things that he said at the end, which was very interesting, he said, listen, this guy's making one and a half million dollars a year. He's making more than I am in real estate, yet he flew here, did this conference, and he's talking about someone else. And he said, so long, as you get one thing, one thing in this whole, it's all worth it. And this is why. You are not paying for the investment of the money, which is $1,200 to me. It is the investment of getting one thing that you compound over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and you make hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars because you learned one thing. People, they uh, were complaining throughout the entire time. It wasn't loud enough, the microphone, it was too cold, the water, the normal things that I was talking about before, is that when you are disappointed, you have to look at it in one of two ways. I'm disappointed because I spent $1,200. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is say, okay, if I was running a conference actually when I am running a conference, because I was actually thinking this when I was running, and I was I wrote this down. I said when I write a comp, when I host a conference, this is what I'm not gonna do. I'm I will have music between the speakers. I will make sure that all microphones work. I will make sure that the sound on the video works. These are things I'm writing down. So though though I didn't get. $1,200 worth of value, but by the way, I did, I did. Though I didn't get $1,200 of, of value, you have to think this is how I would not do it. And you write that down. That's the thing, is that people say, you know, I'm disappointed in the teacher or in the, the movie. And then you now, ha now you have a threshold of saying, this is how I want it to be. This is how, th these are my standards from now on. This date was terrible. I wish this date was better. I wish this job was better. I wish my manager was better. I wish something was better. Because we go through life being disappointed. We try and change the outside. 
What we can't, yes, we can change the outside. We could change, obviously, the response. You guys already know that. However, a, a level deeper is you now have a standard. You now have a threshold. You now have a level in which to work off of. A new level of what you want in your manager or your relationships or the conferences or even yourself when you're disappointed. You say, this is how I know I don't want things. So you, so you're not, you're, you're working backwards. You're not even looking for the, you're not looking for the value that someone may give you. You're saying, this is how I don't want things, which is even better. What's going on, my man, Chris? So the way that you look at life is so, go to the latest, how's the trip going? I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. So go to the latest post by, uh, barking up your own tree or bark up your own tree or something. Just Google that and the blog will come up. The latest blog post is extraordinary and it's talking about stoicism. Obviously, Ryan Holiday has written about it. We already know about Marcus Aurelius. We already know about just a ton of people in the past that has just lived by it. Okay, the Patriots were gifted uh, the book by Ryan Holiday, blah, blah, blah. We already know that. Thank you very much. But this post breaks down specifically deeper levels that I've never even thought of by stoicism. Number one is love everything. Love everything. The second thing is, is this moment in five years going to be remembered? This moment that I didn't get any likes on my post. This moment when we were so embarrassing, I fell down the stairs uh, coming down from a speech? Is this moment where I overspent on a trip? Is this moment when I took a job and I shouldn't have? And then the opposite is true, which is, can I use this moment for the future? Can I use this moment by talking about it and having it as a learning lesson for other people or myself? Can I talk about this as a learning experience? So they go so deep into the stoicism of it. So this trip, as Chris, just uh, alluded to we're in beautiful downtown omaha nebraska look at all that new construction going on so the conference itself is not well put on at all the guy is he has i think 20 businesses he's only 36 years old he's doing incredible his mindset and his business sense are so on point for me I look at it as quality. He looks at as quantity. Is that where Buff Warren Buffett? Yeah, he actually had the Berkshire Hathaway uh, shareholder meeting last week. So that's why the ticket prices were so fucking expensive. <laughs> but the guy's name is Jeff Cohn. Look him up. He's a rock star agent. He's number one in Nebraska in real estate transactions. How much money do you spend each month on self-development? You know, uh, if I amortize it, it's not that much. But if I actually look at per trip, so this trip is going to be $1,200. But like I said in the beginning, I don't know if you guys were, were here at the beginning, is that if I get one thing, it's not that one thing pays for the trip. That one thing could be hundreds of thousands of dollars because I'm never going to make that mistake or I'm always going to do that. So if I talk to a homeowner and now I have a better way instead of saying sign this contract, I now say initial the paperwork, which is less abrasive. So in other words, I went from sign the contract to initial the paperwork. If that yields me, I don't know, 
50 more homes over the next 10, 15 years, I think this trip is worth it. Most people, they wanna get an abundance of practicality. You're not gonna get an abundance of practicality. I'll give you another example, is that I was talking to this guy. His name is uh, Greg Harrelson. Have you tried Thai? I did. I, um, I paid for it when it was $67 about four years ago and then it blew up and now it's worth, I think, or now, I don't know, I don't I have no idea. But it's a great starting point, excellent starting point. And when I was going to the gym, when I wore headphones and I was going to the gym and I was working out, I uh, I listened to it. It's a great starting point. It's a great video set. Um, if he did the 67 steps now, it would be totally different because he's four years later. It's four years of compounding later. He would never be able to uh, spend that much amount of time though because it literally is 67 hours of content. That's freaking nuts. So going back to this is that this guy, Greg Harrelson, is number one. You can look him up. He's in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I've been following this guy for a while. He's a total killer. He's a cleaner, if you want to go that way. Feel that way about books, ROI on them is insane. Do not look at that. I can't believe it. I went to this thing and it didn't give me any value. This is ridiculous. I don't know why it didn't give me it. No, look at it and say, okay, you know what? This is how I'm not going to do the conference. This is how I'm not going to blah, 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 whatever it is. And then now you understand how to actually do it. Or if you learn one thing, blah, blah, blah. Going back to Greg Harrelson, this guy makes, I don't know, three to $4 million a year. I had one hour during lunch. I sat next to him and I just peppered him with questions. His one hour is maybe five to $10,000 and I had it for free. And I say for free because I could have eaten by myself, but I literally, he is a total shark. He knows exactly what's going on. He said, this is the future of real estate. It's teams because companies are not giving you any, any value. And I started, and then he started breaking it down. He said, no company is gonna be around that doesn't give the employees any education, it doesn't give them any value, and then that value then gets transferred onto the customer, and then over over time, that's actually going to yield higher results. Why? What? What? Yes, Apple has great products and everything else, but they have a culture that people live towards. Harley Davidson, people get that tattooed on them. That's the culture that they live into. So when you talk to this guy and you want to be a business owner, you have to focus, focus laser focus and say, what is my culture? What is my brand? What is my differentiation? How, how am I displaying anything that I do? What is my story to the marketplace? How do you ask good questions? Um, honestly, I have to, I, I really have to, uh, give myself props. I probably ask, I probably ask the best questions out of anyone that I've ever seen in my life. You know, I, I know I'm not, I, I'm not saying that not humbly or whatever that reverse engineering is. I'm saying that because I do ask, people say, how do you scale business? That's a terrible question. The question you should ask is, as you became a little bit more of a public figure, a little bit more recognized, and people started looking up to you as leadership, what was the challenge that you had to go over? And oh, by the way, that was a question that I asked, talks about a lot, especially after reading principles. Oh, Tom's obsessed with principles. He's obsessed. He is going to live by it. But the thing is, that's not something you implement overnight. That kind of culture is not easy. My brother's in the financial industry. He's COO at Deutsche Bank of the North America division. And he said, anyone that goes there, the turnover is massive. So then they put in this 
this hiring uh, step process that they said this is exactly what it is. Come by, check it out. If it's not right for you, blah, blah, blah. Everyone has an iPad. Everyone grades each other. You can be as frank as possible. You can't answer within five or two minutes. You have to let the other person talk. It doesn't matter about seniority, blah, blah, blah. That's incredible, that culture. That's incredible. That's not overnight, okay? This is the second thing I started thinking about. And, 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 and I honestly, I might make a video about this because it is, it is so vitally important. It is so vitally important. I literally look at people and I say, I'm 32, I'm turning 33 in July. I hope you guys wish me a happy birthday, July 13th, awesome, thank you. Um, I know Chris wrote that down. <laughs> He's gonna send me some balloons. Maybe a, uh, I was gonna go somewhere funny. So when you see people, I was walking into the airport I'm walking around to this conference. I'm in Nebraska. I don't even know where Nebraska is. I had to look at the map and zoom out. You should see my Uber driver. And I started looking around, and this is one of the most important questions you should always ask yourself in the, when you meet someone and everything else. I love making your bread uh, my calendar. That's awesome, I love it, thank you. Is that when you see someone, so I'm looking around this room, I'm 32, I'm probably on the younger end of this room, probably you know, only a handful of people that were you know, late 20s, early 30s, and I always, I always look at someone and I say, do I wanna be them at 41, 56, 62? Do I still wanna be going to conferences? Absolutely. But do I wanna be in the crowd or do I wanna be one of the speakers? Do I wanna be wearing that? Do I wanna be in that shape? Do I want to have uh, more or less hair? Am I going to be dressed that way? You know, you look at that and you say, what over time compounded made that their reality? What, what over time, what decisions, those small decisions, I'm going to post about this on social media, what small decisions do they make over time that they end up at 41, 51, 61, that they ask, I only have one or two agents, I'm only making $110,000, and it's my 20th year in business. I don't understand this whole technology. Am I gonna be that person? No, I am gonna be that Peter Diamandis. I'm gonna be that Zucks, that Musk, that Bezos, that Bronson. The people that continuously are coachable, learnable, that they are humbleized in areas they don't have any clue. You know, that's what turns me on to a coach. You know, it's not the Tony Robbins who knows the almighty, that knows everything. One of the things that I know, you know, he's not the most popular, but for whatever reason, I went off of Grant and I'll only consume about five, his five to six minutes because that's only the value that I get. I don't like his longer shows because he just rants, not, not a value. My time is more valuable. But in there, when he interviews someone, he is so coachable. People that are in their 20s, he is so coachable. Can you make a step-by-step -step video on becoming where you are now in the efficiency and faster than what you did? I would say in one short sentence, because I do have to meet them up for uh, dinner. They rented out a, a rooftop. I don't know if you could see it from here. No, you can't. Uh, I was only like a couple miles over there. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know where I was. It took two and a half hours to get here. To get where I am right now, there's two things that you have to understand. Number one is that there is a bright future. You know, discipline, uh, have you read Discipline? Is that a book? Because I saw his TED talk and he mentioned that discipline equals freedom. 
and that's the thing is that you have to understand that they're not, you have to understand, but you have to believe, literally believe deep down in, in your heart that there is, that you will figure it out, okay? That is the premise of Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Dr. Susan Jeffers. Is she says, there's fear of failure, the fear of success, everything, it boils down to one fear is that you're not gonna be able to handle it. I can't handle the fame, I can't handle the money, I can't handle the body, I can't handle the relationship, I can't handle the failure, I can't handle the shame, whatever, it all comes down to I can't handle it. When you reverse engineer that and then you say, I'm excited to get on stage, I'll handle it. I'll handle the q and I'll handle the great body, I'll handle waking up, blah, blah, blah. If you actually boil all that down, you have to have a burning desire that the future is gonna be right around what you wanted. Obviously right now, I have no idea where I'm gonna be in five years. I have an idea, not only am I gonna be better, not only am I gonna be smarter, not only am I gonna be wealthier, healthier, everything, I'm just gonna be far superior than I am right now. And I'm not gonna say that humbly, because if I say that humbly, that means that I've slowed down, okay? And I have a fear, I have a deep, fear of settling. I have a deep fear of slowing down. Uh, and efficiency is one of the biggest things is that if you are not efficient with every area of your life, I have a, I have systems. I put my gym clothes in the exact same area. I get, I wake up at the same time. I put my shoes in the same area. I fold my shirts the same way. I pack my bag the same way. Isn't that boring? Why would I make packing my bag exciting? Why would I want where I put my clothes exciting? The, the exciting part is talking to people, selling on the phone, influencing people. That's the exciting part. That I don't have any system for. I have an idea, but I, I don't know what the objections are gonna be. Found Feel the Fear a week ago in a used bookstore for about $1.50. Yeah, it's a good bargain. Listen, it's not over the top. But it, it's very interesting because she talks about something that I never even considered, which is people that you look at, the best musicians, the best singers, the best orators, Simon Sinek, Tony Robbins, all these people that are just unbelievable, on, Gary Vaynerchuk, that are unbelievable on stage. You, as he mentions, in, or I'm sorry, as she mentions in the book, is that at one time they sucked at it and at one time they're fearful. And they may still still be, be fearful, they just don't show it or they know how to handle it. And to me, that gave me the confidence is that you're right. The first time Tom Brady took the field, you think he was like, I'm winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, he had confidence. Yeah, he had persuasion and influence over his teammates. We're gonna drive down the field. He ended up winning the Super Bowl, which is crazy. But do you think that he is as confident now he knows exactly what he's eating. He knows when he's going to sleep, when he's stretching, when he's practicing. He knows everything. He's a master now, okay? But at one time, he was nervous. At one time, he didn't know how to handle a play. At one time, he was a little scared going into the Super Bowl or how to handle questions by reporters. And now he has that confidence, I'll handle it. And it's those small, little, incremental books that make such a, such a vital monumental compounded effect over time that I know that my $1,200, I just need to get one thing, just get one thing. Even if I look at someone in the, in, in the arena and that person asks a question that I would never ask, 
at their age. And, and I get that one thing and I say, I just don't want to be that person at 41. At 41, I want to be on stage. At 41, I want a bigger audience. At 41, I want a better body. At 41, I want a beautiful wife. At 41, I want to be crushing business, have multiple streams of income. That's the way you should be thinking is that even from disappointment, you get, you get a lesson that's as good as someone telling you what to do because you're understanding what not to do, how not to hold a conference because the mics didn't work, because it was too cold, They're, they ran out of water, there was no intro uh, between speakers, there was no music, the, the video didn't work. I got more value out of that because I knew in the audience how it felt. And then if I was throwing that conference, I say, wow, these are things, and I wrote that down. I literally wrote that down. I have two pages of notes. So yes, I made my $1,200. And yes, from disappointment comes a lesson, all right? So this is me signing off from Omaha. I got to uh, get my little badge. And then those are drink tickets. I don't know if I'm going to be drinking tonight. Um, dinner starts in 20 minutes. I'm probably going to, what's the point of being, what's the point of being the greatest? That's an amazing question. I would say the point of being the greatest, uh, A, that varies between people, not the level of greatest, because obviously Muhammad Ali wanted to win championships. Tom Brady wants to win championships. Some people want to win Oscars. Some people, they just want to be the, the greatest mother or father or the greatest manager or the greatest barber or whatever the case is. I think the greatest should boil down to the the you living the highest optimization of yourself in all areas of your life. The highest optimization, because if you're incredible at business, but you have, you know, if you read Phil Knight's book, it's not about being the greatest, it's about being the greatest version of yourself. Exactly what I just said. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> and have a bless you, Charles, you're doing great. Um, so what's really funny is, uh, not really funny, but in Phil Knight's book, Phil, and I'm reading this whole time and I'm getting inspired. I'm like, holy cow, I had no idea that Nike's been around this long. Phil Knight worked his ass off building this out. And then he goes towards the end of the pages and he talks, he starts talking about regrets. He optimized a business that he'll be known for. He optimized Nike town in this, this culture and everything else. But you know what he didn't optimize is the son that he lost. The other son who doesn't really have a great relationship with him. His wife that he missed decades of being with. Is that being the greatest? Yeah, he built one of the greatest companies. But is that the greatest? Is that the optimization that you're really looking for? That's why I want to bring a lifestyle, a, I'm sorry, a coolness to personal development because personal development is literally everything in life. I can't close my battery telling me I have 10% left. I, the, the best version of yourself. That's really what it comes down to, as Chris said, optimizing yourself to be the best version because, and I'll leave you with this, is that you don't wanna have regrets. That's really what, I wish I went to the gym more. I wish I had a better relationship with my kids. I wish I had a better relationship with my spouse. And that is essentially saying that you didn't optimize yourself. So have an awesome day. That's 23 minutes longer than I wanted to go live, but there's another view. I'm gonna be going down to, uh, downtown Omaha, some over there. So talk to me. What time are you live streaming tomorrow? Um, I'm going to be, that's a good question. I'm going to, well, I'm an hour behind or I'm an hour. Uh, I'm on, I don't know. It's uh, 640 East Coast. I think it's 540 here. And uh, I'm going to be going to the
gym. Hopefully waking up, fuck that. I can't believe I just said hopefully. I will wake up at the certain time that I'm waking up. Um, it's gonna be an hour later, obviously, because I'm taking a picture of my watch. Going to the gym, gonna be doing a ton of burpees. This is gonna be, this is, you know what this is? This is a really good test. When I start speaking, when I start traveling more, uh, obviously not traveling for pleasure, but traveling for business and whatnot is, how does Charles handle the hotel? The food in the hotel, which is not as good. The water in the hotel, which is not as good. Uh, obviously the temperature is not as good. The city is a little bit different. The food, everything, the gym, I don't have my gym classes. I'm sitting down more. This is a great way to see how Charles adapts. How does Charles adapt? So tomorrow's gonna be a great lesson. Maybe that might be it, adapting to travel schedule. But have an awesome day on Wednesday. Talk to you guys soon.